Hi, everyone. I have a very, very special episode for you guys today. Um, this is kind of deviating from the season we've had so far, but it kind of all fits in as well. Um, I just want to introduce to you a very special friend of mine. He's like uncle, big brother, <laughs> everything rolled into one. Um, and we're just going to have a really, really powerful conversation today. Um, just about limiting beliefs, growing, moving past just all the mess that we grow up with that sometimes we don't realize still impacts us and is the reason for a lot of our inactivity. Um, and I think the other thing that's extra special about today is I'm going to introduce this person to you, but he's also launching a book. Now, I've known this person for years. Um, I should have I should have thought about this before how many years, but I'm sure it's closer closer to 20, if not more. Um, and over the years, he's been just a very, very sound voice of wisdom and encouragement in my life. So I'm so excited he's launching this book. We're going to speak about all of that. We're going to speak about so many things. So I'm going to introduce my dear friend, Dr. Uncle. Bishop Ayo Olatie Hi Hey Fatmon Thank you for coming Thank you so much for having me on your platform I, I really appreciate it Now that you're doing your big things I have to speak to your secretary <laughs> You know, all these kinds of stuff And your PA So, you know, thank you for Thank you for fitting me <laughs> into your busy schedule Whatever <laughs> Okay, we're going to get straight into this because I don't want this to be too long and there's so much we need to unpack. So one of the first questions I always ask people who come on my show is what do you want people to know about you? Um, I think it's one thing to have somebody introduce you but I think we can learn so much more about people when they tell us about themselves, um, when they tell us their synopsis or their Give us your CV. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Tell us who you are and your story, your background, all that good stuff. Okay, so um, I am many things. Um, I am a Christian, first and foremost. Um, I am a husband. I am a father. I am a brother. I'm a son. I'm an uncle. Um, to keep the bills paid, I'm a consultant in acute medicine. Um, I am a musician. I'm a PK, pastor's kid. I am, uh, and now, and now I'm an author. Um, so I, I'm, I'm all of these things. Um, and I think what you're saying about limiting beliefs and stuff like that, I think it was really powerful to me, the process of mo moving through writing the book and stuff, because some of the things that you are in the place that you've come from, you realize almost like you come to a situation of, uh, awareness and thinking, wow, how did I get here? Uh, and um, even having achieved and done all of these things, I was very, very um, aware that there were some things that were yeah. holding me back, um, regardless of all these things that might have been called achievements, you know? So um, that's me. That's me. Yeah. Okay. So there are a lot of things there that jumped out. So we've got, I'm a PK too. I'm a pastor's kid too. Shout out. <laughs> it's like the PK club. <laughs> I think that's a title that you will never fully understand 
unless you're a pastor's kid. Um, You become all things to all men. It forces you to grow up yesterday. Yeah. Talk me through that. Um, particularly being a pastor's kid, because I think that's probably one of the, the youngest and earliest things that you would have identified with um, before we get to the doctor, the husband, the dad and all that kind of stuff. Talk me through how being a pastor's kid impacted your mindset, impacted some of the limiting beliefs that you may encounter and even impacted your relationship with God. We're going deep. That's how we do it on this. <laughs> Right. Let's let's do it. Okay. So I mean, I think um, the fact that so in terms of things that impacted me, there's definitely positive. There's definitely negative. So I, I was able to witness the power of like a real relationship with God. I was able to see what it meant to really be a Christian. I was able to see what it meant to have like determination and um, fortitude and perseverance and really work towards something. I, I was able to see what it meant to serve. Uh, be able to follow instructions and to be able to help people and pour out your life. All of these things are definitely positive things, and I um, am those things now because of you know those experiences. Um, there's there's lots more positive things. We learned how to pray. Um, the, the phrase "God doesn't have any grandchildren" is always resounding around my head. I, I can't have a relationship with God on the curtails of my parents. I can't get into heaven because of my parents. It was very, you know, um, my relationship with God became very yes. intentional because I was um, a pastor's kid. In terms of things that might have been limited beliefs, I think, <laughs> so have you seen Encanto? Yes. Yeah, so one of the lines in Encanto, Louisa uh, said in the song, Surface Pressure, she's like, oh, I'm pretty sure I'm worth it if I can't be of service. And I think that sometimes... Um, for me personally, because you're almost defined by the service and not visible until you're serving, and unfortunately that can be outside and inside the house, uh, I think um, it's, it's, it's affected my ability to feel like I could take up space. Mm. Um, and with regards to um, professional situations and stuff like that. I was having a conversation with my cousin from a culture point of view. There are things that we do to respect our elders and, and that's not going to help you in a professional space, you know, and all these kinds of things. Big people are talking, so let's be, be quiet. Um, big people come in the house, so let's go upstairs. They're having real, real conversations. Um, and because of my, my parents loved and liked to serve, um, there'd be times when people were in our house and, and all those things are positive because it helped me see what it's like to really help. Yeah. I think some people don't know what it means or what it costs to actually help. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the flip side is that, you know, being in a situation where sometimes I'm coming home and like, so someone's in my room. <laughs> you know okay so I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't go into the living room because it's uncle auntie or whatever okay fine so is is this my house you know all, all these kinds of um things so i think the the, the concept of taking up space mm. and having a voice uh, i think was definitely something that uh, was affected by um being a pk not in a positive sense and 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 owning uh, appreciating my own value because of my intrinsic value 
and how God sees me as opposed to what I'm doing, you know. Um, this is my classic, like, oh, okay. You dropped, you dropped so much there. And I think one of the things I really want to pull out is the thing about you feel like you've got no worth unless you're serving. And that pressure to continue to perform, because that's where we get our validation from. Um, if you're not playing a role or playing the role that is required of you in that situation, we would generally get scolded. We would generally get told about. So in one sense, it was good because it taught us how to read a room. Yeah. It taught us how to walk in, pick up the vibes. I know this is when I'm going to disappear. This is when I need to be present. You know, all those other things. But I think it put us, it taught us to always perform. Yeah. It taught absolutely. us to always perform. Yeah, um, and there's a concept called masking. And I think one of the downsides of that kind of lifestyle is we never fully became ourselves or learned what we liked or didn't, but yeah. we always masked because we had to always play the role. We had to always read the room. We had to always perform. It's, now, one of so the, go ahead. So just, just to, sorry to cut you. Mm-hmm. There are times when I'm asking Lena, my wife, do, do I like this? Because, <laughs> you know, I, I might not, I might not know the, 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 the the emotional um experience of being able to say this is the thing i want it's the thing i like even even wanting things mm. uh, i think that's 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 probably as much to do with being a pk as to be with the fact that we weren't in a situation where we had lots of money flowing around so no point asking for stuff <laughs> <laughs> because you know those things were happening so yeah sorry to, sorry to cut you off sorry no no it's 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 good and it's true because because we're performing our desires and our wants morph into the situation that we're in so you are not always able to go is it me that wants this like you said or is it because this is what the situation like do I actually like this shirt or is it because uh, yeah. I've grown up my whole life knowing this is what you wear to church yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think now jumping into your book which is amazing I finally got to the end of it oh yeah I finally got to the end of it it took me like do you know what it's a very good read and the thing I love about it is for me, someone like me whose brain is busy and life is busy, I can sometimes when it comes to books, not finish them because I can read a chunk one day and then I might not come back to it for another week. And then I have to go back and read a couple of pages to, catch to remind myself where I was up to. Yeah. <laughs> and yours is kind of like, the only way I can describe it, it's kind of like, it's almost like a devotional where each page you take it as that. And I love yeah. that format because it's like bite-sized chunks that you can break down, chew on. And even if you don't read it for another four days, you can pick it up the next day and it's a new concept for yeah. you to jump into. Um, now, going back to what we were speaking about performing, um, there's a topic that came up in quite a few pages, a couple page, 
um, things that I want to draw out. But this concept of burnout. Let's talk about how this performative upbringing perfectly trained you (laughs) to be burnout prone and chronic burnout. That's a very good question. So I think I think it's layered. I think it's multi-layered. So first thing, because of the fact that you know it's a performance and the show must go on. And if we're not careful, we don't sort of, the, 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 the verse of the Bible, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There are a number of ways in which that applies. So, or, or I have to get over a, a limiting belief about that. So the first thing is, uh, I can do all things through Christ, um, as opposed to um, we're, we're abdicating our responsibility to do things to God. No, I... I can do all things through Christ. Then there's the um, uh, the through Christ. So we understand that uh, theologically, but for me, it's it's the concept of um, um, what's the word? Levels of consciousness. So first one is um, to me, everything's happening to me, and this is all negative. And the next one is. Um, by me which is exhausting you know and then it's mm. through me so I'm taking the power of God um, to do the things I need to do but if I'm not conscious of the practical application of I, I need to go back to God I need to go back to God to get filled to get yeah. filled to get filled to get filled so I can give because no one's no one is giving me the opportunity to not give I have to continue to give and give and give and give so I have to learn what it is to keep filling myself. And I think um, mm. depending on, you know, the conversations you were having and things like that, that might not be something that you learn as a, as a, as a, as a, as a way of living. And it's something that I had to learn later in life. It wasn't necessarily um, taught specifically in that context. Don't get me wrong. I could pray yes. and I could worship. And pray for days. Eat. Yeah, but was I going to God to be intentionally filled? You know, something I'm I'm praying now when we're praying with the kids is that, Lord, I thank you that everything I need for today, you've already given me. Mm. I'm not having to go and find it. You've you the 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 fact that the word says that you get a new mercy today. So so as like a battery, yes. I can if, if I'm if I am trying to do today with t- yesterday's energy, that's the thing that gives me the propensity to burn out. But actually, if I'm just a conduit and I'm going to God intentionally all the time to get the power to do the things that I am doing, because let's face it, you know, with work and marriage and kids, and it, there's no option to not do stuff. Yeah. I've got to do stuff. I've got to do stuff. Yeah. Um, and by God's grace, I believe that God is raising up a... a, a, a um, a generation of people who have high aspirations to be able to affect not just your um, family, but maybe networks and maybe nationally, yeah. maybe internationally. Yeah. So to be able to operate at that level, um, I'm going to have to always go back to the source. And I think um, being a PK didn't necessarily set me up for that. Yeah. So how did you... 
how do we go to go to God to fill our cup? Because, um, like you said, I think one of the things that the church hasn't historically done well is actually teach us how to do things. I think the church is very good at Christianese, Christian mm-hmm. language, about assuming that people understand yeah, what's yeah. being talked about. Um, so we're talking about now you had to learn how to go to God to fill your cup. Yeah. And that sounds good. What does that if mean? the right answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does so it mean? Does mean? <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, I'm still learning present tense. Um, I think um, there are some practical things. So for me, the practical things is being honest about the fact that the world is keeping spinning. So mm. what I mean by that is that some, sometimes there's a temptation to say, I will when, you know, or, or I'll, I will if. And unfortunately, we don't get the option sometimes of coming off the carousel. My, mm. my WhatsApp tagline is battle and build. Uh, because uh, unfortunately, if you're not careful, you will think, I'll just finish this battle and then I will rest and then I will pray and all that kind of stuff. But life is a series of battles. I heard Bishop uh, T.D. Jake say that the, the, the prize for winning your current battle is your next battle. <laughs> if you think that you're going to be able to come off, so having an understanding and the fact that this is just a this is just an indefinite state of being. So I, I can't wait for the low. I have to be intentional about it. So it's in the morning. It's making it's taking the time to not just open my eyes, get my phone, um, start running through life. It's taking the time to check, check in with myself. How am mm-hmm. I? That was something that Doctor Anita Phillips. Um, but if you, I don't know if you follow her stuff. Yeah. You, um, how am I emotionally? Um, how do I feel physically, spiritually? Where am I? And then um, this is another power of example. When, when I was growing up, my dad would be like, "Oh, good morning. Did you sleep well?" Next question. And um, have you read your Bible? <laughs> you know, there was no there was no other discussion to be yeah. had. So so being in a situation where I am being uh, intentional about my devotion and not just because i've done that you know not just reading the bible okay i've I've done it now tick (laughs) and then and then move but okay so what is it trying to tell me and what what is the thing that i want to meditate on today so what's really useful for me is uh, do you know when you have reminders on your on your phone Mm -hmm. i might pick a phrase from the devotion uh, I'm, I'm going through something now about who I am in Christ. So it might be, I am um, and the righteousness of God. And I will set reminders on my calendar. So I'll look at my phone and the phrase will be there to remind me. Because we do all that kind of stuff in terms of aspirations and you know affirmations and all that kind of stuff. But are we doing it spiritually? Okay, fine. I am, so good. I am um, uh, I'm, I'm capable of seven figures or whatever. Okay, fine. But are, we, are you also being as intentional with your relationship with God. So that's something I do for myself. Um, I am um, very uh, intentional about using my time to feed me um, mm. spiritually. So I like, I like my commute because on my commute, I can listen to a preaching or a podcast or something that actually builds me up. 
um, because I always tell people it's like sometimes Christians, we, we, it's like we believe in witchcraft or, or something. My, my my big thing is 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 timekeeping. So you have to be somewhere at nine. You live twenty minutes away. You're gonna leave at quarter two and just pray. Like what? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just, just leave on time. I don't get that. But you went there. Yeah, <laughs> me. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't text me at um, quarter past quarter two to say I'm going to be late. No, you are late. Um, but I just, that's, a, that's, a, that's a separate issue. Um, with, with regards to um, the intentionality, I am today the seeds I allowed to grow in me yesterday. Mm. So there's no point me saying that I want a relationship with God, I want to grow and I want to be all these things if the things I plant in me aren't conducive to the things I'm saying. So I have to read the Bible. I have to watch um, um, Christian um, TV. I have to listen to music. I have to listen to preaching because what I, because I'm getting seeds all the time. And if I'm not careful, mm-hmm. um, just like the wheat and the tares, if I don't balance out the things that I'm just getting inadvertently, my life will be a reflection of the things that I wasn't intentional about blocking yes. out. I love that. There's, I was just making notes as you were talking. Um, there's a couple of things I want to pull out. Number one, this last concept. Um, I think we need to start getting to a, a point where we can start taking stock of our lives in the terms of we think of assets and liabilities financially in like how many houses do you own or you bought this massive car on finance that's a liability because it's losing you money but if we take that same approach and apply it to our lives our habits the people in our lives our attitudes when we go is this attitude that I'm holding an asset to my life or is it a liability? Is it adding to me? Or is it taking away? And it's that concept that you said of like, everything I do is a seed. Everything I engage with is a seed. And if there's a tree tomorrow or next year that I realize that I'm not happy with, that's causing me trouble. Guess what? I planted that or I let somebody else plant that in my garden. Um, and the other stuff you said about like asking yourself, how am I this morning? It just made me laugh because particularly in a Nigerian home, we're both Nigerian. So we identify with that culture and I'm sure other people will identify this with too. Um, but you ask questions and you answer questions because it's the right thing to do. So I remember growing up as well, and our parents would, good morning, mommy, good morning, daddy. How are you? Fine. Fine. Did you sleep well? Yes. <laughs> like, you never actually tell them if you didn't sleep well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we weren't taught self-awareness from yeah. a young age, from growing up. Um, and because of that, and because of the journey I've been on, like, I'm very, very intentional about teaching my kids these things. So, like, for instance, this morning, and I do this every morning, my boy... um he's Gideon he comes in my room good morning mommy we we, we retain that the first thing you say to me in the morning is good morning okay that's (laughs) 
That's, that's it. it. <laughs> so he comes in and says, and I'll look at him until we get the, the good morning. <laughs> so he comes in and says, good morning. And then I ask him, how are you? Did you sleep okay? Most of the time he'll say yeah. But if he says yes, I'll always ask him, what does that actually mean? What does that mean for you? Um, mm. Or if he, he's, he's actually learned it now. So now he'll tell me, actually, no, I had a bad dream. Or actually, no, I think I was cold in the night. Actually, no, I think I woke up a few times. And then I'll say, oh, really? Why did you wake up? Oh, tell me about your dream. But what I'm trying to do is teach him from now the things I learned <laughs> in 25 plus so that he will know. And like, if he has yeah. a bad night, I'll say to him, okay, so that means you might be a little bit grumpy today. So you might need to ask for help and understanding from your teachers and your friends because it's going to be harder for you to be happy. And then when I go to school and I drop him off, That's I'll good. say to him, remember Gideon, you're going to be a little bit tired today and grumpy. Don't forget to ask for help. Um, but because we grew up just performing, answering the question, how are you? I'm fine. Did you sleep good? Yes. We don't actually know what it feels like in our body. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's so um, um, apt what you're saying, that the putting name to something, you know, um, we, we bought our kids the, the emotion wheel you can get yes. off um, Amazon. Yes. So they can be like, so, so how was school today? Good. Or oh, did something happen? Oh, it was bad. Like the, 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 those two words are the only thing that we know. We, we want to be in a situation where we're able to articulate ourselves mm -hmm. and put words to our feelings. Because I think the what, what we're talking about is the absence of that, I think, is limiting. Yes. Not being able to say what I feel is sad what i feel is insecure it's not it's not sad or fearful it's what i feel is anxiety mm -hmm. and you know um maybe there wasn't the vocabulary um previously but what i want to do is give my kids that especially you know so me as a, as a black man um a lot of the so men specifically black men the only emotion we're allowed to have is anger mm -hmm. it's acceptable the only one that we're allowed to give ourselves is anger because you know who wants to who wants to see a guy who's crying or or these kinds of stuff but actually the the, the anger might be me articulating pain mm. that i haven't been able to put words to yes. you know or or, or insecurity um um, I heard somebody say that um, how many fights started when you were young about what are you looking at <laughs> because of the fact that I don't want you to see me you yeah know, I, you know um, I'm so insecure or whatever about myself um, the fact that I, I felt that you saw inside of me is now something I'm gonna you know affront to so no it's, it's really it's really interesting um, and I think it, your, your kids are or hopefully uh, realize how much of a leg up you're giving them. By but the grace of God. So for me, I, the reason I think it's important is that we're body, soul, and spirit. Mm -hmm. I am a spirit. I uh, have a soul. I live in a body. And a lot of culture is we're, we're getting so good at, we've gotten really good at spirit. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Um, and, you know, maybe as a doctor, and now we're accepting the fact that, you know, we're praying about stuff, but you can take medicine and stuff. So we're getting good. You at, can go to therapy. 
Uh, yes, we're getting better. No, but the thing is, we're, get, we're, we're now recognizing the need for soul mm-hmm. and the, the, the need for um, taking care of ourselves from a mental health point of view, um, because I don't know that we had a great appreciation of it historically. And um, the, the reason it's important is because we're linked. I'm not just one of these things. All of the, I'm yep. all of these things. So have you noticed that when you feel ill, you don't want to pray? Now, you don't have a spiritual ailment, but it will affect your spiritual life. Yeah. Have you noticed when you feel low and depressed, you don't want to move physically? Again, there's nothing wrong with your body. You're just not moving it because, or because of what's happening. So we're all these things. And for me to have, um, and I don't know whether I've told you this, but like I like etymologies, that study of words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and historically, uh, I think it was a historic French society. Um, they were like, okay, so everyone's body, soul, and spirit. And when these things are uh, in a state of balance, we're in a state of ease when everything is good. And when one of these things is out of balance, you're in a state of dis-ease, mm. which is where the word disease comes from. So mm. they had a great appreciation of the fact that actually all three parts of me need to be okay for me to yeah. be okay. And if we're not careful, we will ignore almost yourself yeah. thinking that the problem is in one area and it's not in our area because we only had the vocabulary for spiritual things mm-hmm. um when somebody was depressed don't get me wrong because I, I know i know you know there'll be uncles and aunties say no of course you pray no i'm, you're I'm pray. No, I'm, yeah no pray pray I'm, I'm not even saying don't pray i'm saying is that the the issue so the, um the prayer does not change process yes so if 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 I am tired because I'm physically working and as a consequence of that, I'm not in a space to feel my full self, definitely pray. All I need is rest. Go to bed. Yeah, you know, and I think it's important that we put to it, because me personally, I, I believe that God is mature in his church. And if uh, and so my kids... You know, the the 10, 8, and 7. So there was a time when all they had to do was cry and every need that they had would, would be met. Mm-hmm. But now we're getting to the situation where, oh, daddy, I'm all right. Like, there are things that I have taught you that are going to help you solve the problem you just articulated to me. So what I'm going to do is remind you of the thing that I've taught you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it for you anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remind you. And if we're not careful... God wants us to be childlike, but not childish. We'll still be using immature uh, understanding of scripture and things, going to God for things that he's like, I've told you that. Like, you know, we did that six months ago. <laughs> exactly. like, what's, what are we talking about now? The, the, the thing that, uh, there was a phrase that I heard uh, somebody say, you know, we're going to God and say, God, oh, give me a, tr- give me a chair. Oh my goodness, God, if you give me a chair, I'll bless you. If you give me a chair, you know, I'll, and God is like, I don't make chairs. I make trees. And the responsibility of seeing the chair in a tree and getting the chair from the tree is yours. Mm. So there are things you're asking me for. I'm like, and he's like, like I'm looking around. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. Mm. I don't understand what's, what's, what's happening. So yeah, we're three parts. We've got to, we've got to address all three things. Yeah, and and I love how you even tied that into um your scriptures that you put on your phones as reminders um I remember I was coaching one of my clients um this was Christian life coaching so one of the things I was taking her 
through to build her emotional awareness was value setting um and then writing affirmations based on those values but then the next thing I asked her to do was those affirmations she wrote go to the bible and find scriptures that speak of that affirmation so we are anchoring our affirmations to the word of god because we know that the word of god has power the word of god can cut through anything it's sharper than any two-edged sword so i was teaching her i don't want you like to just say like i am great i'm going to have it no i want you to take the word of god and speak that over yourself and as she then took scripture and turned scripture into her affirmations that's where we started to see massive change because she was declaring the word of god over herself she was meditating on the word of god so the way that you and this, this is another tool take that scripture that you read that morning put it as a reminder on your phone and it'll pop up and 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 things like that like you need to find tools yeah that work for you for you i used to write scriptures on my mirror so that when i'm brushing my teeth i can see it i used to write them on post-it notes and and stick them up like email yourself get some like whatever's gonna work for you absolutely like if, if we're not careful we will use all the advances in society to help us in every other area of our life and we'll forget our spiritual life. Mm. And then we'll start wondering, why am I not where I want to be in this situation? You know, like you say, there's tools. There's so many tools. There's, there's things like, um, you know, obviously the, 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 the not having to carry a massive King James <laughs> around and having it on your phone. Fantastic. Having mm. an app, the concordances, you know, um, the, the dwell app and stuff like that i love or, love 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 dwell having access to um things like worship music and stuff that i can just put in my in my ears and just be i can practice the presence of god where all these kinds of things let's use it because best believe the devil's using it <laughs> you know and um, to get your attention yes so you have to Guard your, yeah. guard your gates. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to move on now to more specifically your book. Um, I believe that we've had some great, great chats so far. So people now can believe that you're credible. So <laughs> <laughs> I've got some, um, some quotes and some of the specific, how would you, would you call them chapters? Yeah. So, um, Essentially, I didn't set out to write a book. Um, I, I had a stroke in 2020. Surprise. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, thankfully, by God's grace, I didn't have significant deficits. And I was back to work within six weeks. Um, but I, the, f- the first thing I was thinking is, and I, I'd already started thinking is, I need to find a way of taking care of my family that does not involve me trading my time for money because it just came out mm. of nowhere. So I started to engage in, you know, some um, activities. I would learn how to trade Forex and these platforms. And, I'm ah. so glad you qualified that because how you said it was, I started to engage in activities. And I was like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> things to um, allow me to develop myself from a financial literacy point mm-hmm. of view and also uh, put myself in a position to have multiple streams of income. And I found myself just encouraging people, oh, keep going, because I think um, living life as a Christian, but also trying to take responsibility for your life, with it, whether it comes to health or finances and stuff, is counterculture. Mm. Most people aren't doing that. So you have so everybody's walking that way, you're walking that way. And so having a community is really important. And sometimes it it, it helps to have somebody in your ear to say, keep going, mate. Mm. You can do this. So I found I found and you know, the, the PK in me, is that is is is, is that what it is? I, I found, yeah, absolutely. You know, I found myself doing that. And so after about 18 months of doing it, I was like, hold on. I think I've got enough to, to collate in a book. Um, and the, the reason for the book was, uh, this is a bit of a convoluted answer, but uh, the, we're familiar with the concept of mining, right? Mm-hmm. Now, um, what God was teaching me as I was doing my own personal development, reading the Bible and meditating was, um, we're used to thinking about future. My future is ahead of me in time. I will get there because it'll be tomorrow or whatever. Um, and um, there's, uh, forgive me, Bible scholars, but there's a, there's a phrase in the Bible that says, um, God will give us the treasures in darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what that spoke to me is that, uh, for instance, an oak, uh, a, a acorn has what it needs inside it to grow to be an, uh, an oak tree. Nothing more needs yeah. to be added. Um, a lion cub becomes the king of the jungle, but there isn't anything. It's not as if you add water or anything. It's just in, inside, so right? Powerful. So my future is not ahead of me. It's inside Woo! me. Um, pause, pause. Go. It's, it's, it's Go. such a powerful shift, you know, um, because then it helps you to figure out where to put your effort. Because the, my effort is now mining inside of me um, to, to, to put, because God has given me things. God has given me gifts. God has given you gifts. And I'm, I'm mining inside me to make sure that I can get to the point where I can identify the gift. And then like Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift that's inside me because that's where my future is. The, 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 the ironic thing is that in 2020, I'd had a tough few years. We entered 2020, my wife and I, and we were like, um, 2020 is going to be our year. I want to be the fullest version of myself, mm. you know, because if we're not careful, we can just get limited to, okay, work and bills and, okay, church. And then Monday, brrr, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, brrr, you know, and I like, I play guitar. I like watching movies. I like walking. I, I didn't, hadn't done any of these things because they're just like rat race, rat race, rat race, rat race. And um, so 2020, babe, this year is going to be our year. Uh, and then I had a stroke in June, and then my dad died, mm. you know, in September. So it, like, it was, it was, I was derailed to say, to say the least. And then the things that I felt like, like the reason it's called building blocks is because I, I literally had to build myself yes. again, you know. And I realized that going anywhere is is mindset is the most important thing, um, and there are some commonalities regardless of what it is you're trying to achieve so yes i've done it in the context of encouraging people from a 
let's say, uh, achieve financial literacy and independence and stuff like that. But actually, you can apply it to, I want to live a healthier lifestyle. Yeah. I want to have a happier marriage. I want to have a better relationship with God because it's the same kinds of things. And so it's, it's, it's like um, an anthology of these thoughts. So like you say, each, each chapter is independent, but there are themes going through it. And um, what I hope is that, because I know that I felt like this, there was a time in my life when I felt like I was on a boat and at the mercies of the seas of life without mm. an ability to steer. Um, and um, the having a grasp of these thoughts put me in a position where I realized actually, no, not only do I have, you know, an oar or an engine, I can I can determine the direction of travel. Mm. Um, and God has given me the ability to also affect um, the destination. Um, so that's what I want people to get from get um, at the end of the book. One of the quotes that I wrote down from your book, which actually just kind of follows on um, very nicely from here, your concept of mining, your mining yourself is just mind-blowingly good um, because it's, it's, it's just the truth. Like, you can't, you can't argue with the truth. Yeah. Like, when I go to the shop and I buy an aloe vera plant, I don't need to add anything to that plant. It, everything it needs is within it. Now, I'm just going to qualify this. This isn't the the new age stuff that's like, <laughs> all the powers within you yeah, yeah, yeah. no this is everything i need is within me because i am designed by a creator who created me for good works before hand that i would walk in so he gave me everything pertaining to life and godliness to do those good works okay this is ephesians this is first corinthians this this is the bible here okay everything's within me because God is within me and he put everything within me. Okay. He put, yeah, exactly. He um, put those um, treasures in, in darkness in yes. you. And let, can I, can no, I go you around it. some more? So, uh, cause this is something I've been thinking about recently. Um, ah, the fall of man. So Adam, um, when God was with Adam, Adam was naked. Um, when I say Adam, that's both man and woman. Cause she wasn't called Eve just then. Uh, 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 they were naked, and the Bible says that they, they felt no shame. Mm. And they were, they were. I always tell my kids, you know, God and Adam, they used to, you know, watch Netflix and have fun and go watch movies because they were the best of friends, right? And as soon as sin entered the um, the, the world and in the life of Adam, Adam went from a posture of open, this is me, to don't see me. Mm. So I'm going to hide myself because of shame, mm. which is the reason why when we talk about, like, if we talk about parenting and all that kind of stuff, parenting with shame is putting your child in a position where they're going to be like, don't see me. And what is the advice that almost everybody gives you about almost everything? What do they say? Be yourself. Yeah. So not only does it help you in a professional capacity, pretending to be somebody, that doesn't. what you bring as yourself and your mind is what the company needs. You are an asset. Yeah. 
in relationships. If you're hiding yourself, you are a hiding to nothing because eventually you will have to reveal yourself and there's going to have to be a conversation about who are you? Because I thought, you know, in business, when people talk about putting themselves out there and doing what you're doing on social media and all that kind of stuff, what do they say? Be yourself because audiences can um, sense inauthenticity. So this thing of going from open to this is me and I'm naked figuratively or whatever before God to don't see me, you know, it's, it's, it, I think it's so powerful because once we grasp that, we realize what maturity is. Yeah. What, um, when God says to, to Adam, um, be fruitful and multiply, translated to become mm-hmm. yourself, this is the task. Mm-hmm. Be, in a position where I can just be like, this is me. Yeah. I can look myself in the mirror and um, be, have an honest appreciation of myself. But also, not just from like a, um, um, just, okay, I, I have an appreciation of the facts. But to, 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 to walk in my God-given, um, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, grace and um, um, power. Mm. Because not doing that is the thing that is robbing me of my peace. Yep. Robbing me of my good relationships yep. and potentially robbing me of making, you know, multiple streams of income because I'm going to have to put myself forward. And because I'm concerned about the judgment mm-hmm. of what people look at when they see me, that's stopping me saying, actually, you know, I've, I've, I've written a song or yes. I've, I've written a poem or I've written a book or, you know, here's my business. Yeah. It's, it's so powerful. It's, yeah. And the quote that you said was this. I'm reading it now. Your sat nav is actually useless if it can't first figure out where you are. Your sat nav is useless if it can't first figure out where you are. And what you were talking about in this chapter was you have to first know, like we've been talking about over this past hour, who you are, where you are before you can move forward. You have to realize what's been holding you back, what you've been hiding from, what you've not dealt with, what you've not addressed, the impact of your environment, your life, your culture, your upbringing, how that has shaped you and formed you. You have to be, like it says in Genesis, naked and unashamed yeah yeah and then you can move forward and i read it i was just highlighting i was like (laughs) because it's it's and i love one of the things i love about your book is it's so simple like so um i'm a pharmacist as well so we can do the intellectual stuff like We can read the papers, we can do the stats, we can, like, give us some hardcore stuff, we can do it. However, a form of rest for us also looks like, give me something in the simplest way where I don't need to put any extra mental energy into dissecting it and breaking it down, because my mental bandwidth is already gone. And you talk about that in the book as well, Um, mental bandwidth. 
I believe that um, by God's grace, that's something that God has helped me to um, uh, to be able to do in terms of communication and stuff. It's a thing I get like um, feedback at work and stuff, and just like offering people a different way of looking at something. Like, let me give you one: the the concept of um, asking um, evangelism and stuff, and, and a mm-hmm. way of explaining it to somebody who is not a Christian. And so the way I look at it is God is outside of time. So I am a, in, I am a timeless spirit having a temporary um, physical experience, right? Mm-hmm. So I came from God, and depending on my choices here, will determine whether I go back to God or whether I end up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, so if I'm speaking to somebody who's not a Christian, God gave me, like the phrasing is that what, what you don't realize is that God is missing you. Because outside of the life that you're living, you were always in communication with him. He's, he, he sent you to earth, hoping that you would choose him again. And until you choose him, he's missing you. Like, <laughs> again, for me, that, that was such a, um, actually wrote a song about it, I think, um, <laughs> some time ago. But like, can you see how, now it's a completely different conversation. You know, I just uh, want to get up now and go to Aldi and be like, yo. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I believe by God's grace, that's one of the things that you said. If, if, if I understand, because I'm a teacher, if I understand it, I, 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 I can hopefully find a way of presenting it to somebody that will hopefully get them to just get it. You know? And that's the power of this book. Because even on days like my past month when I've been reading through it has been mad at work. I'm on a new project that's very, very demanding. Um, Kids have all been ill. We've all been on antibiotics. Um, It's just been one of those really, really intense seasons. And for me, it wasn't draining to read because it was so simple. And yeah. just concepts that you can easily grasp. Whereas my general day-to-day life is quite mentally draining. It was yeah. a respite from that. So it was actually oh. refreshing the way that you broke it down. Um, um, and one of the other things I wanted to talk about, we kind of mentioned already, but you talk about mental bandwidth. I think you did yeah. a couple chapters about that. And yeah. I just want you to give me three or four minutes on that because I don't think we realize how much, no, that's not even English what I was about to say, how drained we are. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to do some Nigerian English here. How much drained is in the (laughs) How drained we are purely because, here's the thing, and you've talked about this earlier on, we need to pic- picture ourselves as like a battery, right? Mm. You have a capacity. You have a finite capacity. I remember yep. I did a, a talk for women in business a couple, I think at the start of the year. And I said, the first thing I want you women to understand is you are a limited resource. You yep. have a finite capacity. Tell them. And when you realize that, you will start to say no. Because yeah. you can't do everything. I said to them, you cannot do everything. And I was looking at me like, and I'm like, everyone telling you you can be everything you want to do, they're lying to you. 
You are a limited resource. You have limited capacity. You have limited mental bandwidth. So reducing our choices and reducing the amount of mental turmoil is is going to be huge for us. And you talked about this a a few times in the book. So give us that. It's interesting because like... um... It's the reason why sometimes people who are really wealthy or really successful have people to do things that you think, hold on, you've got a cook, or you've got a cleaner, or you've got a stylist. You can't put clothes together. <laughs> the, the, the reason is, like you say, and I, want, I don't want people to say, to hear limited and think we are saying small. Yes. That's not what we're saying. Yes. What I'm saying is it's finite. It will come a time, there will come a point where you will be at capacity. It's not to say that you can't increase your capacity, but it's just, acknowledging that you know your ability to you know deal with things mentally and cope with things and make decisions is finite mm-hmm. will, they will come to a point where the quality of them reduces and there's even a thing called decision fatigue yes the studies like the the more decisions you make the the quality of those decisions drops which is why yes. somebody might have a, uh, a stylist or whatever because what they want what the thing that you have to understand is that your asset is you and the mm-hmm. thing that is an asset in you is your ability to think and make decisions and make choices and stuff like that and if you're forever making lots of decisions about things then your the quality of your decisions will drop i say that i say that at work so I'm, I'm, by God's grace, I'm a consultant. I'm working with junior doctors. And sometimes the nurses might come and ask me something and I can do it. But I will say, oh, would you mind asking this and that? Because I am paid for the quality of my decisions. No matter where you work, mm-hmm. that is true. You are paid for the quality of your decisions. And if I occupy myself or preoccupy with myself making decisions or thinking about things or doing things that anyone can do or other people can do, then that makes it difficult for me to spend the energy doing the things that only I can do. As a consultant, there yes. are certain things, there's certain decisions that only I can make um, or things that can only happen after I see them. And I'm not going to be able to say, oh, it was really busy and I had to help with this and that. I have to protect my decision-making so as to um, um, give myself the best <laughs> You okay? Yeah, go ahead. Something just fell off the wall. <laughs> oh, okay, no problem. I have to protect myself to give myself the best opportunity of making good yes. decisions. But that's, that's everywhere in life. So um, if I'm not careful, I will um, put myself in a position where my decision-making is poor when it comes to my family and my home and my finances and stuff because I don't realize I've spent all of this time doing things that um not weren't necessarily moving me forward so little tricks like you just just like you just like like you said limit the amount of decisions there's uh stephen bartlett people know him he says um um there was a there was a time in life where every morning he would only wear a black t-shirt that's all he would ever wear and black jeans because that's a decision I don't have to make. Mm. What I'm wearing, that's it. Now I can go. There's, um, if you think about, like I said, like a battery, I've saved myself maybe 15% of men. Oh, what should I wear today? Does green go? Like, even, not, I'm not saying wear the same outfit, but even things like I'm going to decide tonight what I'm going to wear 
tomorrow yep. so that it's done. You know, um, I, I think um, back to decision-making, when I'm helping people and coaching them, I, I, I say it's, the, the, the key to good decision-making is deciding before you decide. Yes. So having a list of priorities, because all these things only matter when you have to make a choice. So um, if you're not clear as to your priorities, then it becomes harder. So for instance, for me, God, wife, uh, family, um, job, everything else. So if there's something that I have to choose, then that, that um, is between my um, job and my family, then I've already made that choice because I've listed my priorities before. I don't have to spend energy thinking, oh my goodness, what should I do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I think, um bandwidth is a really important thing and I, I like to think about it in the context of treating yourself and your body like a luxury car mm-hmm. there's the maintenance aspect of it as well and, and the, the, the people always say oh well, this is me and, and things are working the fact that things are working doesn't mean they're working at the optimum well um, so, yeah you wouldn't put and maybe you would but you wouldn't put cheap engine oil in a luxury car if you had the option of of um, using um, poor quality fuel, you knew it was poor quality versus better quality fuel. I would hope you would put the better quality fuel because it would work on the poor quality fuel. But would it work at its optimum? You know, and I think it's important for us to do that uh, when it comes to protecting um, our, our headspace. And the thing about that is, we're not talking about going out and breaking the bank here. Yeah. By, by trying to look after yourself it's the concept of going we're going back to knowing yourself we're going back to minding yourself yeah it's going what do i need mm. to be at my best hands yeah. down one of the best decisions i've made this year was get a cleaner i knew you were going to say that because <laughs> right listen nigerian culture yeah. can kill you because yeah. the concept of you had a, you're the woman of your house, you have to do this, you have to, you're cooking every day, you're cleaning every day. Da, da, da. I looked at Ayo, I said, oh boy, you got a gardener to cut the grass. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And do you know what? Fair play to him. I have an amazing husband. For years, he's been like, get a cleaner, get a cleaner, get a cleaner. I've been like, nah, I got it. What? Me? Yeah. Black? Nigerian? Yeah. I, can't, I can't clean yeah. my house? Not me, yo. Bruv. <laughs> After that first clean, I went downstairs. I say, yo, I had nothing to do with this. I paid her a small sum. Yeah. And I thank God for the privilege to be able Mm. to afford a cleaner. Because I know it's a privilege because there's so many people who don't have that 30 pounds. So it's a privilege. Yeah. But the, the life it gave me back the mental bandwidth that i didn't use yeah that meant that i was a better mom that day i was a better wife that day i could spend time with god because here's the thing like Mm -hmm. let's let's take this home yesterday um i went to went some i went to get my hair done i went to get my hair done Um, (laughs) but and this is the thing again about knowing yourself that process was intense. I drove somewhere. I parked the car. I had to find a place I hadn't been there before. While I was at the hairdressing shop, there's music blasting. 
in the background. There's two people touching me for a long amount of time. So in terms of being overstimulated in so many ways, it was a very draining day. My head's been pulled. There's there's Afrobeats going in the background. There's two ladies speaking foreign languages over my head. And then they're answering the phone, shouting. There's somebody over there. Like, first of all, realizing that for me, that was a not stressful in the way that we think of the word stress, but it was a stressful experience for my body, for my environment. It was overstimulating. And then I had to, I was watching the time, had to go home and get the kids and all this, get picked them up from school, thinking about what am I going to feed them? I haven't eaten all day. By the time I got home, fed the kids, put them to bed. There was a Christian conference on. Our church is having a conference and I wanted to watch it online. Because I had been so overstimulated and drained and I had used my entire mental bandwidth from getting my hair done that day, I couldn't even engage with God. And I remember I got like half an hour into it and I was like, I can't even take this in because I've used my capacity for the day. And I had to turn it off and put on something mindless that wouldn't, that was just kind of white noise because my mental capacity was already drained. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely, I think that's so, that's powerful because I think that the um, I don't know whether I should say this, but I've been I've been musing on the idea of dysfunctional. Mm. Um, so um, like, so let's let's talk specifically about the context of finances. I believe that anybody who is making significant amounts of money today is using biblical principles. So if you don't believe me, please Google Myron Golden. Please look at Miles Monroe, um, who's before his yes. time. So many things. That there, yes. there's, there's so much evidence, out, so much information out there. But I believe that it was so obvious so that God didn't even break it down. In the, like, obviously, like when, when God talks about like Abraham being rich, first off, he didn't have to say mm-hmm. that. So f- for God, it's not a problem to have means. Um, but Abraham must have understood budgeting, multiple streams of income, investing, for him to get to a position where he was able to, to do that. And it's like, it was so obvious that God was like, well, I'm, why would I break it down? Like, doesn't everyone know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so back to the thing about dysfunctional giving. So I believe in giving. I believe in sacrificial giving. I believe in um, uh, making sure that we are serving. But, you know, I've, I've seen people, I've been the person who is giving and giving and giving and giving. And then you look back and you think, am I, am I, have I moved the needle? And I, and I mean specifically in the context of where I am financially, because I, and, I, I, and, and I got to the conclusion that I don't believe that my inertia or the level of altitude that I have stayed at is God's responsibility. Ooh. I believe that I have made choices that have kept me Yes. yes. And there's been things that have gone through my hands that had I been more diligent. Stewarded. Financially, Stewarded. I'd had a budget, I'd had a, a financial plan, I might have been able to be here. Mm-hmm. Now, because um, God says he will bless the works of my hand. So I'm supposed to do yep. something to be able to, you know, so, so, and, and sometimes when we get, super spiritual we start asking 
the question that the um, um, the leper asked of Jesus. Oh, God, do you want me to be blessed? But God is like, well done. And can you read like <laughs> no, that? That the question to that is pretty obvious. Like you know, so the answer in case anyone is wondering, the answer is yes, <laughs> yes, yes, a thousand times yes. So so I have to then look at my life and think. Mm-hmm. So is there something that I am doing that's keeping me mm. here? So if there's low, if I have all the TV subscriptions, maybe I watch an hour of TV. Do I need all of them, or could I yeah. put them somewhere else? You know, and I'm I'm, I'm coming for you. You're coming so, for me. Brace yourself. Uh, is all the things that I am giving, even when I'm giving, is that what God asked me to do? Or is it emotion? You, you know, um, because I think that there are times when you might, you know, feel that. And, you know, the Bible says, you know, we, we hear in part and see through, through, through a glass darkly. So I am open to the fact that I might have done something and think in hindsight, that probably wasn't. God, but yeah, the concept of dysfunctional giving. So back to the point you're making, I think that um, in in terms of bandwidth and stuff like that, if we're not careful, we'll put ourselves in positions, and then we will have done something or operate, and then there's a negative consequence. Yes, and we're not realizing that I I have contributed to this. I've allowed myself to get so tired that I can't pray. I've allowed myself to get so um, to waste my money so I can't give. I've allowed myself to become so distracted that I can't focus. And I think I have to take responsibility for that rather than asking God, God, please make me less tired. Mm-hmm. Please, God, give me strength. He said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> no, but it is true because, and again, it's this satna principle. It's this yeah. waking up and going, how am I? It's building those self-awareness principles. So you can go, I've been overstimulated. I'm touched out. I can't watch this because now I'm running on reserve and it's just yeah. going to make me burn out. It's going, and I, need to reflect. I can feel the stress in my body. I need to stop. Now, you said something earlier, and I'm just going to plug it here as we round up. I believe you're going to be launching a coaching service soon. Yes. Now. Yes, I am. If you're looking for a coach, faith-based or just in general, I highly recommend my uncle, brother, doctor, friend. <laughs> um, so follow him on socials. Because when that launches, yeah. you can tell you, your life will change. Like you will see results. Oh, if you're looking for a female one, then you can sign up with me. Yeah, <laughs> if, that, yeah, yeah. if that's your maybe preference. Maybe we can do some stuff together. No, definitely. Maybe we can do some stuff together. I do think that, you know, especially specifically PKs and people in pastors' families, that there was so much of life that you see and so much you've had to navigate. And... Because of the fact that uh, I heard somebody say, call it churchianity, it doesn't teach you <laughs> the realness. How do I navigate this? Mm-hmm. Um, being in a situation where we're forced to, yeah. you know, all I'm telling you is what I've 
have to deal with myself. So, building blocks. I highly recommend it. If you think you don't have time um, to read another book or you're just like, it's another self-help book, it's numb. Like I've said before, the way that it's broken down into bite-sized chunks, you can read it, come back in two weeks, use it like a devotional, use it as an escape. But I would highly recommend this book. Um, I would highly recommend Ayo. Um, You know who's awesome because I'm married to an Ayo and Ayo's are just uh, <laughs> awesome. But do you have any fine... He's, na- he, he, fine- he's named after me. Just I know, I know. <laughs> so do you- Now, and actually for the book, there's going to be an audio book. So even if you don't want to read it, um, I'm going to be um, recording an audio book. So that will be available soon. Nice. So you have to follow him on socials so you know exactly where to find everything. Do you have any final thoughts you want to leave us with? Whether about the book, I mean, whether think- about yourself, anything. Yeah. So the, the thing I've been um, having conversations with people um, recently with is just reminding them you are the asset. Mm. Like there are so many things that happen in life, whether it's whether you where you come from and your situation and not feeling like you can take a space or how you're treated at work or relationships and stuff. And you forget that you are special and you bring something to the table. One of the things that we were praying in the morning um, with our kids is our um, one of our affirmations is I am an answer to mm-hmm. uh, and I am a problem solver and it's important for you to realize that you bring something really important to the table uh, and I think if I think understanding that really changes your life and your choices back to what you're saying about speaking to women in business knowing that you can't do anything immediately means that you'll say no but knowing that you bring something to the table and you are of value because of what God says about you and, who, and what he's placed in you, there will be things that you're probably going to put yourself forward for because you think, you know, I can do that. There's, there are ways of being treated that you won't accept because no, that's, that's, no you don't speak to me like that. It, it really frames everything and I think, uh, I know for myself, it was a journey that I had to get to to really imbibe and I'm just hoping that everybody here can leave knowing that mm. you are an asset you've done something really important to building blocks thank you so much for your time thank you so much for your conversation I am blessed I am better because of this <laughs> thank you so um, much. Yeah. I have really enjoyed this yeah. conversation uh, you guys make sure you follow um, this podcast and share it with your friends Fatmon you're doing you're, you're making us proud oh thank, thank you, you.